0: Live from the Summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Corps presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Jim Reed and Phil Buma. Today's topic,
1: writing the winning offer in a low inventory market. I'm super excited to be doing this class with Phil. Uh, for you guys that don't know Phil, Phil, how long have you been in the Corps? Eight years. Eight years. When you, before you got in the Core, how many sides a year were you doing? Thirty-eight, thirty-nine. Thirty-eight, so like three sides a month? Yeah. How big was your team? Zero, just me. Zero, it was just you yeah. hustling? How much did you make back then? Yeah, I don't know, 250-ish. 250. How many sides did you do last year? A little over 300. 300. That's a wow. You should say, wow! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, how, and how big is your team now? Um, Sixteen. Sixteen. So... Learned, learned the skills that the core teaches and blown up his business. Um, in preparing for this class, uh, I was like, you know, let's be honest. We're talk- the class is how to get an offer accepted every single time. So today, you're going to learn how to get an offer accepted every single time. Totally kidding. There you go. Are we getting excited? Are you getting excited? Yes, not going to happen. Not going to happen. However... I will tell you one thing, in preparing for this class, I was working with Phil, and I'm telling you, this guy has some stuff that's going to get you excited, and and I'm super excited to learn from him as well, and then I'll help with some stuff that the lenders do, but really it's an interactive class, okay, so we're going to be, the mic's going to be passed around, you're going to be sharing at your tables, that's why you can't be like one or two people at a table It don't really work for the way we're going to do this class, so if you're just one or two, I would even encourage you to get on another table, um, but here's what we want you to get out of this class. Can we do a favor and try to write it? I will try. Okay. My best. Um, so here's what we want. We, there's like three areas about getting your offer accepted that we want to make sure we cover. And we're, we're going to ask you guys for some help with. So one is, the first thing is a professional consultation. Super important part about getting an offer accepted from the buyer side, from the realtor side, and from the lender side. Um, So we're both going to help you guys with that, but you're going to be part of it. Thank you for moving. Give it up for these guys for joining a bigger table. I'm very happy. If you're just two, don't do that. It don't work. I'm very happy. The second thing is offer presentation. What to include, right? So just write offer presentation. And then the last thing, the last category for us to to keep us all on track is the follow-up part. What to do after you submitted the offer. So the follow-up part. So we wanna give you some tactics. We wanna hear some tactics from you. I mean, it's a puzzle. I'm frustrated. Like, I was so excited last year because it seemed like my, it didn't seem, my branch, my team was so efficient. Who felt like they got way more efficient last year? Well, that's because they were lined up when I got to work. There was more loans than I could handle, and and, and, and a large portion of my business was refinanced. As the market started to change, All I know is my pre-approvals were getting stale. I was having to do 10 and 20 pre-approval letters for one buyer, which took all my efficiencies went away. Like all of a sudden I needed more and more staff and I couldn't figure out why. It gets more labor intensive and you just have to know it. There's not a simple way to do this that doesn't require some more man hours. You're going to have to be more attentive. You're going to have to be more catering to the borrowers. You're going to have to be more available. If you're a loan officer and you're working on a purchase market, which you all are, it is just more labor intensive right now. I will tell you, this too shall pass, right? When the market switches, it'll switch quick. So with that said, I want to give it over to Phil to get us started um, and and get us started and we'll do some table work. Go ahead. Perfect.
2: Thanks, Jim. I greatly appreciate it. How many out there are working about four times as hard for about a quarter of the business? Right? Raise your hand. Almost everyone's hand, right? A lot of work. Um, so what we're going to teach is getting offers accepted quicker so we're not submitting 5,000 offers, all right? Getting some of the houses earlier in the process and it's really being prepared. I'm super excited to be up here with Jim. We talked at, at the last virtual summer and it's just not the same. So I love being here in front of you. Love being up here with Jim. I've always respected him and his sales skills. He can sell like no other. And I think this needs to be a partnership when you're when you're submitting offers So you really have to have a good lender to help you out, all right? So I love being up here with Jim. We're going to do some stuff together to show how we can get our offers accepted, all right? Um, It's going to be, and it really just comes from the beginning. Um, But when we're up here, too, we're going to have Q&A. We're going to, we got a mic. We're recording the class. Make sure you're loud when the mic comes. Um, We want to make sure we're participating. That's the great thing about being in person and not virtual. Um, So it really starts from the beginning, all right? And that is the consultation, It's not a presentation, it's a consultation. We're consulting with them, all right? We can't run out and just show the first property, all right? They have to come to our office and we do a consultation, all right? So many of us have a listing presentation, PowerPoint, but we don't have it on the buy side. If you don't have it, you need a PowerPoint presentation for a buyer, all right? Why do we do it on the listing side and not the buyer side? You have to do it on the buyer side too. They need to come to the office. All right, It needs to be the same every time. All right, Every time, and it needs to be there. You need to let them know what your market is like. So many of us don't want to tell them. If you're up front right away, first of all, it's going to have you working with the people that are ready to make an offer in today's market, not wasting your time with the buyers that are not. Right. There's some people that just can't physically do it in today's market. So it's almost like working for someone who's not pre-approved, right? Do you, I mean, you work with anyone that's not pre-approved? No. 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 So Super- if they're not ready to buy in today's market because they don't understand it, let them know. They might not have the resources to be able to do it, all right? So you need to find out. I mean, do they have the sufficient down payment? Are they approved? Are they working with a strong lender that's going to help us out and work together? If not, you need to really get them with your lender, all right? Do they have the money to pay over appraised value, right? How many people in their market, raise your hand, having to pay over appraised value, right? So why not have that conversation up front instead of them being frustrated throughout the process? All right, so you know you can do it and the deal can get, even if it gets accepted, you can actually get to closing, right? Do they have the down payment plus the extra, all right, for the amount over the appraised value? Let them know. In my market, we have a coming soon period. Alright, some people are making, during coming soon, you cannot see the property. Alright, no one can see the property. Some of those houses are getting taken up during that that coming soon. They're just making sight unseen offers. Alright, are you telling your buyers this? You need to let them know at that consultation. Houses, half the houses are selling sight unseen. Are you willing to make a sight unseen offer? Ask them the question. Make it then instead of later when they get frustrated when you have an appointment to go see a house Saturday and they're pissed off because it's already sold. How did they get in to see it? They didn't get in to see it. They made a sign in seen offer. But do it ahead of time. Not after, because after they're going to be mad at you. Alright? They're going to be mad at you. In my market, we have a due diligence fee. It's a non-refundable deposit that goes to the seller. It used to be peanuts, a couple thousand bucks. A thousand, two thousand. Now it's about 5%. Non-refundable check to the seller. All right, You can back out for any reason or no reason, but you lose that deposit. Doesn't appraise, you lose the deposit.
1: Inspections wow. are bad, you lose the deposit. How many of you guys have that non-refundable deposit? Raise your hands. Wow, we don't have that in California. You're freaking me out. So, but you, you just got freaked
2: out, right? How many buyers get freaked out? You're in the business and you out. don't know it.
1: <coughs> yes, so, Lisa has a question. i yeah. got to repeat it so you guys say it good. Uh, I don't
2: get it. So... All right, I'm, well, here's the thing is, it's funny that everyone's laughing. If you don't get it, then there's obviously most buyers that know. So Lisa, no, it's not earnest money. So Lisa, you want to buy a house, right? All right, so uh, we're Don't play at, with me,
1: because no. I got a mic. All right. I'm a buyer. I'm Jim right. Reed. I'm a buyer. Jim, so don't you're, play me your presentation, yes. the whole thing, and cover that as a part of it. How, you want to do that? Perfect, with yeah. Me? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to, buy a house. Get cool. ready to buy a house. So Jim, you're looking
2: I know we kind I'm of had a heart n-
1: attack with a non refundable deposit, yeah. thing, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> well a lot of
2: buyers are doing it too. Okay. So um, so Jim, I know you know in our initial discussion you're looking to spend about four hundred thousand, is that correct?
1: Well I like eight hundred, but I'll go with four hundred for right now. Alright, we'll use four hundred. <laughs> that's that's my
2: market. I'm not in California. Okay. So four hundred thousand. Um to get a house today for four hundred thousand, most houses are selling for about four forty, about ten percent over the price. All right? And to get this house we have to do a, a uh, non-refundable deposit check to the seller. If we get the house, you don't write it. If you don't get the offer, you don't get it. Oh, you get the house. Oof. You get the house, right? Yeah. You get the house, you have to write a approximately it's a negotiable item but about $20,000 to the seller.
1: A deposit?
2: No, it's not a deposit. It's a fee. It goes towards Ooh. your purchase when you buy the house, but is a non-refundable fee. So if you change your mind, you lose 20,000. You can't get your loan, you lose 20,000. It doesn't appraise. You don't it's have so the money. Why,
1: let, let's, so uh, you referred me to this guy, Jim Reed, who's a really good loan officer, by the way. Oh, he's unbelievable. So he said I was pre-approved. What, what if something happens and I can't get the loan?
2: Well, I have a lot of confidence in Jim. He will not tell you you're pre-approved if you're not. Now, if you go and go to another lender, I don't know. But if you use my boy Jim, he will well, take care of you.
1: Now I like this idea. This is really good.
2: <laughs> so... Um, it's a fee. That's what it takes to get this house in this market. So you really need to make sure
1: we're all in on this property. Okay. But it's, it goes towards my purchase price. It does go towards your purchase price. The only mentioned. time
2: you lose it is if you change your mind.
1: Even if, if you, I do a home inspection and find
2: out it has termites, I still have to buy it. You still have to buy it. We can ask the seller to take care of the termites. They may or may not take care of it. But to take care of termites, you're talking about a 1000 bucks. So okay. I would rather spend a 1000 and not walk away from 20 Yes. Right? Yes.
1: Cool. Awesome. Cool. So do you get like... Do you guys have some questions? Because I have questions. Yes, please. I'll repeat yeah. it. What's
3: the difference uh, that fee versus just earnest money being non-refundable yeah. from gate? Yes, so the gate. Question,
1: I got. Hold on. I got to repeat the questions because we're being recorded. So the question was, hey, what's the difference between earnest money deposit and this fee deposit that's freaking me out? So the
0: fee deposit
2: is a check literally to the seller. The attorney doesn't hold it. Doesn't go in trust. It is to the seller. But so if you made the
3: but if you made the earnest money non-refundable right from thing. the beginning, isn't it the same thing with less confusion? Um,
2: we that's our market has two. We have actually a due diligence fee and an earnest money, so we have two deposits. But couldn't you make the earnest money non-negotiable? You could, or, yeah, so if it, it, yeah. So if it, literally, if it if it's in your market where you don't have this due diligence fee, you can make an earnest money non-refundable, no contingencies. So these are the oh. things. Like so, the, and this is what. You have to have this consultation and talk about your market. I'm talking about my market. You have to be upfront yeah, in your market. But
1: imagine this. I mean, this is a crazy concept, right? But imagine this. I really, really, really want to buy a house. I have to buy a house. I've got two kids and I got to have a house and I don't want to rent. And I wrote 17 offers and got turned down 17 times. And then he says, Hey, if you want to get, if you really want to buy a house, we're going to do this tactic. We're going to put in our offer that not only is there an earnest money deposit, the problem with an earning deposit, earnest money deposit is it's held by escrow and escrow is just going to hold it until you guys agree. And that's not really what this is, right? This is like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm willing to pop to write a check to the owner of the home that says, no matter what, if you accept my offer, if I back out, you get to keep this money. Now, is that going to make them more likely to accept their offer? Raise your hand if you think so. Yes. Now, in a normal market, would anybody be willing to do this? No No. But if I have to buy a home and I've been turned down 17 times and my spouse is crying 17 times, <laughs> I would write the check.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? So I, I didn't even know about this before the class. That's the best tactic I've ever heard of. Like that will get you more deals. Now does it need to be 20 grand in your market? I don't know. But if you did both deposits, if you did this Who thinks they would get more offers accepted? Raise your hand. If you're a lender and you go back and talk through this concept with your realtor, right? You're going to give them something of value. You're going to give them a tactic that could impact their checkbook, right? And if if they say, oh, I don't believe it. I'm sure there's coaches in the core who would be happy to do a little video lunch and learn with you and teach these guys this tactic. And it would help you sell more houses. And even if it didn't. It would get you some appointments to get it. If you're a loan officer in here, I got the, I just came back from the summit. I just heard the best tactic, the newest tactic I've never heard before. That'll help you sell more houses. I want to come see you and show it to you. It will help. I'm, I'm already done. I could go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Drop the mic. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, there's a couple of questions. We'll take a few questions and then I want to do the, uh, show a presentation side from the, the lender's point of view, if that's okay. Yeah, I got a couple more things. I got. he's going to do a couple more things first. Q&A, go ahead.
4: Um, is this something you may not fill?
1: No, so it's in
2: our market. Okay. It's a due diligence fee. So it, it, it is there. So, I mean, we we do business in North Carolina, South Carolina. South Carolina, it's like an option, but it's there. So, But it used to be peanuts to lock up a house. We could lock up a house for 500 bucks a check to the seller before this market. But, again, I go back to we need to let the clients know what's going on in your market. And the way we found out, about, I mean, we would keep increasing it, but we would find out what we lost the offer to. So that number, just like the prices kept getting higher, that deposit kept getting higher, right? So, again, we Stop have to get
1: there. Stop that. So what he said was. And this is what we don't do, so make sure you write it down. Every time he loses an offer, what did he say he did? He said he finds out which one won. (coughs) Not call and say, hey, why didn't you accept our offer? Say, hey, what was the winning offer? How did it look? How was it written? Investigate so you can copy. Like we in the core, all we do is copy each other and get better. So he's copying the agents that are better at him than getting offers accepted. Now he's the best one at getting offers accepted. That's also a huge tactic. So that's what it takes. Like, for example, like I had this consultation with Jim.
2: Even though I told him 20, he, you know, the first offer, like, let's try 10. You know, the buyer is always like, let's yeah, try I'll, this. Let's try one. Yeah. <laughs> so they do that. They miss out on the first one. And I'm like, hey, Jim, like I told you, the person who got it was 20 grand. He tried the next one. And then he comes up from 1,000 to 10,000. And I'm like, Jim, you lost the 25 grand this time. And then by the time we're ready to make an offer, you're
1: ready to put up 30 grand. Uh, if we did this in my market, dude, we would get every offer. Well, maybe not everybody, but dude, they'd be like, what? <laughs> but I'm super excited. I
2: mean, it's bro. crazy. So, so, so it's, again, just letting clients know what to expect. They're, some are not expecting to make 10% overpriced, but if they know they're losing out to it, and it might take them to lose one or two and not 15 or 20, which some of you guys are doing. So make sure you're letting them know every time. And don't just tell them at this consultation, you know how often I tell the buyer, Every time I talk to them, I'll tell them a story of who lost out, what they lost out to. They will forget. They will forget. Keep repeating it.
5: Uh, I'm in North Carolina as well, so I'm dealing with what Phil is. And it's very unusual to see this. I, I just want to make a point to this because for those of you that are not dealing with this like we are, it absolutely will change your world. Like, well, To bring this, and I don't think you even like thought about that until you guys were like watching you. Realize like what if we did this here? Yeah. yeah because that's all, all th- I can yeah. think about. <laughs> this, yeah, this this is got every it. day 10, in 10, North Carolina. Yeah, very well said. And the due diligence is fifty thousand dollars. A hundred thousand yeah, yeah. dollars. Like we've seen $100,000. Serious business. On site unseen homes. Without seeing it. A hundred grand they're putting at risk. Right. And yeah. they only lose it if they get the offer accepted, but they've never even seen the house. Yeah. And it's hard to compete. Like you guys bringing this to another market because everybody's like, that's really stupid that you guys do that. <laughs> but and it is. It is. But North but Carolina leads bring, the way,
1: baby. Yeah. But you can the, bring okay. it to your market okay. and change okay. everything. Tar Heels. Easy. So you said you had a couple more things in your presentation. Take us yes. there. So the other thing I do in my presentation.
2: All right. We always have to close. Right. We got this buyer. We got him nervous. But are they going to buy a house in this market? Do they want to buy a house in this market? Right, I go through the whole, I'm not going to go through my whole consultation, but at the end, at the end, I option close. All right. This market is super tight right now. I just need to know where you want you, yourself to be a priority in me finding a property for you. So we have two options. All right. We can sign an exclusive buyer's agency agreement which gets you top priority. When a house comes on the market, I call all of my exclusive buyers that are working exclusive with me. You're committing to me. I'm committing to you. That's option one. Option two is my honor agreement. Gentleman's handshake. We can agree to terminate at any time. I can fire you. You can fire me. We can agree to work together verbally. Just gentleman's handshake. Right? You're number two. I'm going to call all my exclusive buyers when a property hits the market. If you want to sign up there. If not... You're level two. I will call you next. Do you want to be called first or second?
1: Who wants to be called first? Raise your hand. Hey, so check it out. Listen, what kind of clothes is that? No, it's two option clothes. I said it before. It's a two option clothes. he He layered it, right? He did fear based, but it's a two option clothes. It puts who in charge, me or him? Puts me in charge. I get to choose which one I want. Now, the one he's made one clearly a better option, right? (laughs) And it's clearly a better option, and none of the buyer's agents, not none, that's too strong of a word, buyer's agents don't think, in my market, and you guys tell me if you're the same, they don't believe they can get an exclusive buyer-broker agreement signed. They believe that that's going to chase them away and they'll do less business. Raise your hand if that's how it is in your market. Like, they're not getting buyer-broker agreements signed. You guys know what that is, right? That means if they go somewhere and buy a house, you still get paid. They won't get them signed. So now I'm wasting all this time on pre-approval letters, working my work. Now, listen, guys, I'm telling you, I just I'm going home rich. I'm wasting all my time with my buyer's agents that don't have the guts to do the two option close for an exclusive agreement. Right. And I'm sending out 15 pre-approval letters. And then the realtors, the borrowers, getting broken hearted. And what are they doing? They're leaving the realtor and me and we don't know it. How much time did I just save just from those two things? Brilliant. They're leaving for two reasons. That
2: buyer agent is not honest and upfront with the market. They think they're not getting houses because of the agent, right? They have to be honest and upfront right away, all right? So, you really want to work with buyers that are ready to make an offer in today's market, right? And be committed to you. So, if you can do those things... Work with buyers that are ready to make an offer in today's market and be committed to you, mm. right? Any buyer that wants to look at comps from six months ago, I will tell them you will not buy a house. If you want to make an offer based on six months ago, you will not buy a house, period. So I said, I'll show you comps. They don't make a difference right now. They don't.
1: Could, they can don't. I tell you a story of what I say at that point? So like if we were working together and trust me, if we were in North Carolina, abroad, I'd be working with you. <laughs> so, so you, you refer me a buyer and here's what I do for my consultation. I say, Hey, um, one of my jobs is to educate you Phil on how, on how loans work and what's going on as you go to buy a house. Now I've got a whole consultation. You can watch it on YouTube, but there comes a part during the education where I say, um, I want to tell you how the market works, how real estate market works. Here's the definitions. I would always, if I was going to buy a house, I'd want to know how it works. So here's the definitions in real estate. We measure our inventory. By the number of homes sold in a month for example phil if in sacramento we sell 100 homes a month and there's 100 homes for sale then there's one month inventory does that make sense it makes sense cool so our definitions in our industry and this has been in our industry for more than 50 years is if there's more than six months so if there's seven months of inventory so if there's like 700 homes for sale yeah. if there's seven months of inventory or more that's called a buyer's market that means there's tons of homes for sale and not that many buyers and that market feels like this you're driving around looking for a homes you see one you like it you write an offer for a little bit less and you ask the seller to pay some closing costs and you're probably going to get that house that's what it feels like okay the second definition is a market that's three to six months of inventory that's called a normal market in a normal market you're probably going to have to pay full price. If it's a really good home, you may even have to pay a little more and maybe not ask the seller to pay. But you could probably get the seller to pay at all your closing costs if you if you made a full price offer. You know, if you, you could go home and sleep on it. You could think about it over the weekend, and then maybe you make an offer on Monday. That's what it would feel like. Does that make sense, Phil? Makes sense. Then there's the last one. The last one is when there's less than three months of inventory. That means there's way more buyers than there are homes for sale. So the buyers get really competitive, and that market feels like this. You're driving down the street. You see the home in the neighborhood you want. You go to Starbucks. You call your agent, and it's gone. Wow. That's how it feels. You decide to sleep on it, and then 15 minutes later, the realtor calls you back and says, too late. So now my question for you is, what kind of market do you think we're in? Stop right there. You have to ask them. Don't tell them. You stop and you That's say, great. what kind of market do you think we're in? And then shut up. I'm and right what he tells me now. is it, when you tell me the answer, what kind of market do you think we're in, Phil? The last one. It
2: seems like they're going really fast. Jim.
1: OK, cool. Well, then you're smarter than the average bear. Most people tell me normal. Why do you think now I got to go three wise with him? Why do you think it's like that? I just every sign I see up, I see sold the next day. Nice. You're very intuitive. It's it's uh, Now I'm going to ask you one more question. How many months inventory do you think we have right now in Greater Sacramento? Uh, a couple months. Yeah. So it's two weeks, Phil. It's the lowest I've seen in 24 years. I've never seen it two weeks. Wow. But here's what's happening. People are so competitive right now. They're making 10 offers on one day and it's making it worse. So listen, you can buy a house in this market but there's going to be some ingredients that we got to do together to agree on. It before Otherwise, listen, it doesn't even make sense to fill out this paperwork. It doesn't even make sense to go looking. Sure. Now, if I'm willing to do that for my agents so they don't have to, or I do it on top of what they said, is that valuable to them? Would that be valuable to you? 100% valuable. Does your lender do that? Um, I usually do first and then and then he'll do that. Make them do it? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, it's, it's another way to get a meeting with a realtor or to build more trust with the realtors you work with. So I just want to jump in and show you what we do for lenders and consultations. Perfect. All right.
2: Yeah. So the other thing is obviously people get concerned and obviously what Jim said and understanding the market and they're concerned with having to pay over appraised value. So who else has that problem? Like, why would I pay over appraised value? If you need a house, it's the only way to do it, right? So the thing to think about When that house closes at whatever they paid for it, that is a comp. So I would tell them the value will be there. When you pay X amount, the next one's going to be that much higher. So your value will be there. The problem with an appraisal is they look back. Our market's going ahead. So the appraised value isn't the true value. True value, I believe, is what someone's willing to pay for it. Then it will be a comp for the next one, and the next one's going to be higher. So if you're not willing to pay over appraised value, and I know some. I talk to some realtors, and they're concerned about having their clients pay a big number. I was because they feel bad. What they're going to feel bad for is they're not going to buy a market a house in this market, and it'll probably be two three hundred thousand dollars more when they finally buy a house, right? So feel bad about that. And as all the lenders know, rates are inching up, so the price is going to be higher. The rate's going to be higher. They're going to be paying so much more for that house. So feel bad if you don't tell them that. If you really care about them, explain that. Prices will be higher. Rates will be higher. If you don't step it up now,
1: you're going to be paying way more for the, a
2: house when you eventually buy
1: one. Peer-based clothes. Okay, I, let's do a little table work. At your ta- well, before we share, right now on a piece of paper, I want you to write down the two tactics you've got, two or three tactics you've gotten so far that you're for sure going to take home. And how you're going to use it. Listen, and how you're going to use it. Okay? Take a minute and write that down, and then we're going to share. All right, share share something you heard at your table. Oh, he's scared of the mic. You're oh, a salesperson. Grab the microphone.
3: Right. Yeah, I'll definitely do the uh, the the market where you know what market are we in right now? Zero, two, three to six.
1: Hold on a second. Plus. Hey you guys, someone's talking over here.
3: Come on back. You. And then get them to answer it, and then and that'll hopefully help our realtors out because I think they're telling them, but we're
2: not. Awesome. I I wrote that down. I didn't have that down. I told Jim after I said I wrote that down. So I don't ask them what do you think it is. I just tell them. But I wanna I'm gonna ask them. I'm gonna change that. Someone at this
3: table to speak. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, of um, one of the things that I wanted to say was the the, pre- the professional consultation. We're doing a lot of it where we're verbally talking to people. Just you know Phil, we do this for a living right. We share it with them. They get it. They go like this. They nod. But you know what? We're going to take the time to add the video to walk them through. You know, you had mentioned about the two-option clause. You know, I'm in I'm in Jim's market, so a lot of the multiple – we've been in a seller's market in the Bay Area for, since I was born. It's yeah. always been that way. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like a couple of these options, and I think you're right. We have to We have to take more risk, but in a way that it's not called a risk – but have the buyers sit there and say, listen, we're in it with you. And if I've got, if I've got a lender at my side that's saying, listen, we're in it with you. This is a, this is a package deal. Because they're going to look at us and say, you're asking us to take all this risk in. And everybody's been talking about the bubble. When, it's gonna, when is it going to pop? Well, for 35 straight years now, it hasn't popped. So I think, I think for us, or what we talked about was just to have a professional consultation that lays out all the risk, but also walks them through how we're going to go through it, the diligence behind it. It's great. You know. Nice. Listen. With the bubble,
1: like, am I buying at the right time? That question comes up. Would you like to know what to say? Yes. So check it out. So why are you buying, Phil? Like you just asked me, I'm worried about buying. Like, what's your biggest fear? Oh, I'm worried about buying and paying too much. Why are you buying a home? I, I want some more space with pool, backyard. So you're buying it to live in it. That's correct. That's not, you're not buying it to, to hold on to it for 18 months and make a bunch of money. You're buying it to live in it. Yep. Cool. So, um, what's your comfort zone for payments like? Where do you feel like it's like going to be okay and you're feeling comfortable and you can live a good life? What's that payment? Uh thirty-five hundred. Cool. So when we get you pre-approved, we're going to sure, make sure we match that payment to the sales price. We're not going to tell you, oh, you still qualify for two million with a seven thousand dollar payment, Phil. I'm going to make sure I match that for you. But I want to share something with you. Mm-hmm. So I go, go home and Google in your market the average home price over the last eighty years. Something will, some chart will pop up on images. Okay. And you're going to use collateral to prove what you're saying. There was a there was a uh, article in the National Association of Realtors and it asked both buyers and sellers what they want most from their realtor, what they want most from their realtor. And there was a list and the top three things. What do you think was number one, Bill? I'm not sure. I know, but take a guess. It's going to be wrong because I was wrong. It's OK. What's a guess? Um, value. Oh, I like that. Keep going. That was pretty close. Um what do they want from a realtor Phil um, now' it's negotiations 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 was definitely one of them wasn't number one like most realtors in my market say communication <laughs> no they want you to justify the price in writing number one buyers and sellers justify the price in writing you have to have collateral To prove, like he had a good story earlier. He's like, like the way I would tell his story, if I, well, is there a marker right here? I would have a graph that I would look up, and it showed our appreciation by month. Twelve months across the bottom, our appreciation by month is three percent right now. So in a month from now, it's going to be a three hundred thousand dollar house is going to be how much? Three hundred nine, and then how much? Three twenty, and then three twenty, and then three thirty one, and then right? And you show them that with collateral and statistics so that they don't have to just decide that you're charming. Number one is justify the price in writing. And second was, uh, I can't remember, that's the only one I care about. Justify the price in writing as part, of, as part of your presentation. It will get them past it. So now he's saying, well, I'm worried about buying in, in the wrong time of market. And he says, I say, uh, say, why are you buying right now? He says, to live in it. Okay. So now the other chart that I have in California that I show him that's collateral, and I tell him, Go home and I'll give you this, but go Google it when you get home so you can see it's This is real statistics. If you bought a home in California and you held on to it for 10 years, you've never gotten hurt. Think about it. If you bought a home in California, even in the peaks, 10 years later, it was at least at that peak. Even 08. Even 08. So why are you buying again, Phil? Living it. How long are you going to be there? Ten years. Does your wife like the house? Loves it. Can she see your family growing up in it? Yep. What are you going to worry about? The payment. So as long as we don't cross that $3,500 threshold, so I wiped away all that fear and went back to what he cares about and then moved forward. Make sense? Because now he's now my buyer is going to be willing to listen to Phil to make an offer higher than the price and write that whatever deposit check that I'm going to take home and make money (laughs) with.
2: I also go back to what Jim said earlier when, when clients talk about that, I say we have we have two weeks of inventory also. So we have two weeks. For us to get to three to six months, when people are thinking of a bubble, it's going to be a very, very, very long time to get anywhere to even three to six or six to seven plus to a level market. It's going to be a while.
1: Yeah, the truth is, I don't know. My it's experience is when the inventory changes, it kind of changes fast. But who really cares? They're not going to believe me anyway. <laughs> right? I got to show them collateral. A couple more things to share at the table. How somebody with Yep. Yeah, Thank you. The mic's coming. Thanks for waiting for a mic.
0: Yeah, I'm here in Texas, so. You know, here our property taxes are really going up. And so if we used your payment scenario, they've got to plan in 10% property tax increases every year as they're living there.
1: Everybody in Texas has to?
0: Yes. And they all know it? The way the property, yeah, it goes up.
1: And And they all know it? So grandpa's rule number two is ain't no big deal unless you make it one, bro. If it's normal, that's not a big deal. That's grandpa's rule number two. You want to know grandpa's rule number one? Please and thank you go a long way. Think about it. Please and thank you go a lot farther than you think. Number two, it ain't no big deal unless you make it one, Jimmy, so don't make it one. That's my, like, if I'm buying a home and I know that's what happened in property taxes, I certainly would have it part of my presentation.
0: Yeah, yeah. we have it where property taxes are higher than the darn
1: payments. Well, okay, so what do you want me to do for you? That's,
0: that's what's going on. Well, we're just looking at it because, I mean, you know, if you look at the financial consultant part of it, we're trying to be a financial consultant for them in the future, and we don't want them to get caught on these payments that all of a sudden become unaffordable.
1: That's great. (laughs) Are you asking me how to do that, or are you just telling me that you do it? I'm just telling you. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. Let's go to this table. I mean, I appreciate it. That's awesome. California, we pay uh, 13% income tax. So the debt ratios nationally don't really work for us, do they? But I still (laughs) got to do loans. So I explain it to them, present, and move All right. forward. All right, next so one.
4: So I, I love this. We've seen 1% percent non-refundable in my market. I'm in New England. Um, here's my question. I am struggling with my low down payment borrowers and my VA loans. And what I do is I tell them, when you put your offer in, if you're putting 3.5% down, give them that check. Right there, right then, right there. Give them 3.5% in my markets, normally 1% same with va i'm like you got to go to the table with at least five grand i want you to write a check for five grand it comes it washes in the end anything else these offers are I, so i either,
2: at my va and fha buyers i'm pretty much telling them it's going to be very 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 difficult to buy a house this market but yes i need every penny you have as a deposit non-refundable because i am going to tell the agent on the other end They cannot back out of this house. They're all in because if they back out, they can't buy a house. They're all in, like literally, they are all in. All right, they're giving you every penny they have. They will not back out because if they back out, they don't even have money to go to go get a rental. All right, they are not backing out. So I sell it that way. But I tell my clients again, I'm up front. I'm like, you're going to be competing with a lot of cash and people putting a lot more than your three percent down. So. It's going to be very difficult to get your house. I'm just being straightforward and honest and upfront, and just put that out there. So another option we make for our, for our buyers is new construction. If they can't or don't want to compete, I mean, there's some new construction options if they go a little further out. So we just know your market. Explain that question back here.
0: Yes. So the nugget
5: about the deposit non-refundable is awesome, but we had a few questions. So one, how does that show up on the contract? Is it just like earnest money? And does that give you any kind of issues with underwriting?
2: So ours is actually, there's a space in the contract that says due diligence fee. It says it's direct to the, the seller. And no, it's not because the, the um, lender and or the attorney know that the seller already has that money. So it's just shown on the CD. So that's our market. You might have to have an attorney draft it. Do not have your agents drafting this stuff. They cannot have what happened. You might have to have an attorney in your market draft that document so that everyone's aware of it, the lender understands it. It shouldn't be a problem in lending, and, right, Jim?
1: Well, it's, well it's, as long as you verify it, it's definitely not a problem. But, um, well, I shouldn't say definitely, but I've never <laughs> done it before. But I can't imagine <laughs> that it would be. Um, they would, you would, you know, If you go back and you powwow this, if you get back to a market, here's what I'm going to do, okay? I'm going to go meet with three of my friends that have been brokers in Sacramento for 25 years. And I'm going to talk to them about it, and we're going to find a real estate attorney and see if there's any issues, and then I'm going to go sell it. That's what I'm gonna do. do. Does that help you? Yeah. Imagine if you're the first one and you worked out all the kinks. I'm gonna meet every buyer's agent in town, bro. Right? Are you in California? No. <laughs> California. You you have to, have together. to, say, have to fee. Hey. I'm just kidding. So, so keep moving forward yeah, so on, on your stuff. So listen, and at the, towards the end, listen, just so you know, I love all your ideas. I didn't mean to cut people off. We're gonna all share your best ideas in addition to what we have. So you guys can hear from each other as well. We will get to that before the end. Okay, everybody sound good? Okay. So moving
2: on to the presentation? Yes, please. All right. So before, I'm going to back up just one second. I then categorize, all my buyers that are committed to us, I categorize them, right? I have level one, two, and three. My level one are the ones that are willing to make a sight unseen offer, willing to put the sufficient deposits, overpriced, no contingency. So those are the buyers I'm calling first, all right? They're ready to make an offer during the coming soon period. So during the coming soon period, those are the ones I'm calling first. All right. The next. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Dude, I didn't have it written down. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't really hear you. But what's category one? So they're, they're committed to me. Uh-huh. They're willing to put the sufficient deposit down that I told them. Willing committed, to go the deposit yeah, down, and overprice. Willing to put down enough over appraised value overprice. No contingencies. And, they and signed sight unseen. Buy it sight without unseen. without seeing the property.
1: This is category one. It's category
2: one. Is that also signed the buyer broker agreement? Yeah, yeah. They're committed to me. These are all their the commitment part. Got yep. It. They're already committed to me. The level two of all of that same stuff, except they must see the property. They are not at that point yet. Yet. I say yet because I have had people change. Once they get frustrated enough, they're like, screw this. Let's just make an offer on that house. They got too frustrated with waiting to see a house, and then they couldn't see the house. Right. So that's that's my level two. The level three are just really not ready to buy in today's market. When I'm just not calling them. If they call us and we got time, we'll show them some stuff. But I just and I think so many of us are working and spending too much time on those level three buyers that aren't ready in this market, and it's taking you away from those level one and two buyers that you could be spending your time and actually getting offers
1: accepted. Like, I'm going to copy that for my pre-approvals. Like, as a lender, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do it during the presentation. I think I might and stop taking some applications for people who don't. I mean, you know, you have 300. It goes a back huge to when, time saver. When we first
2: started, we're, like, working four times as hard for about a quarter of the business. So this is going to save you time. It's going to save you time. And then our team just works together. So whether you're a big team, small team, so we will, if we know someone's in, you know, the South end of town and they're already showing property, we communicate. And if one of our clients is going back down that way, there's no need for someone to chase. If someone's already there, we're really, you have to have communication in your team too.
1: So right. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm actually looking for a house. Okay. okay. I actually am cool. And, uh, it's freaking me out that you're telling me that I have to put down a deposit that I don't get back no matter what, and I'm not going to look at the house first. Like, I'm <laughs> freaking out right now. You, are you telling me people do that? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. I don't know if it's, that's our
2: market, though. Again, I don't know
1: if that's yeah, happening in California. Every, hey, listen. Whoever thinks that their market's the toughest are all in the same market, okay? Everybody's <laughs> in the same market. We got, we, uh, got a mic here? I <clears throat> That's we're still on the three categories. We're not to the presentation. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: okay how are you calculating that non-refundable deposit? Is it a percentage of so like, a, like earnest money, or
2: what do you mean? How you're calculating it? You're the amount?
3: You, I mean, it's, it's usually about half a million dollar
2: home. About five percent. Five percent of the okay. based on the price. But again, I'm like, if you really want the house, the bigger your number, the better chance of you getting the house.
3: Okay. What, what are you seeing out there? Like if, written between five and twenty grand. Yeah, Michael, said away
2: I see anywhere from. 20 grand to 100 grand.
3: Jeez.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. California people are freaking out, but man, we're going to figure this out.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, okay now, here's the thing is, they're freaking out with getting it. But if you're a seller, right? All right. And someone writes you a $100,000 non-refundable check. It. All right. Everyone else was 20. Which one are you going to take? Who's going to take the $100,000 non refundable check, right? So you're trying to get your offer accepted. That's what it takes.
1: Dude, in our market, you'd be the only one doing it. Yeah. You'd probably only got to do 10 grand. You will get every
2: house. Like he was joking about saying you'll get every house. You will get every house. If you're the first one to do this in your market, you will get every house. And every realtor. If you're a lender, you will get every realtor. I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. Just just don't tell them until they make sure the loan comes to you, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
1: The loan must come to me and then I have a secret. We had to get a special permission from Fannie Mae to approve this. No other (laughs) lender can do it. I have a mortgagee letter. No one else has (laughs) it. Okay, presentation. Right. So presentation. Your questions. He's, I want to get him through this stuff. He's got such good stuff. I love your questions. Write them down so at the end we can do them all at once. Does that sound okay, guys? I don't want to cut you off, but I, got, I want to make sure I'm not missing nothing else from Phil.
2: So to present your offer, first thing, call the agent. The agent has to call the other agent. Find out what the seller's situation is. All right? What are they looking for? What's important to them? All right? Some could be they want to be able to stay here for three months after closing. All right. If you don't know that you can't put that in there. Yes, stay for three months for free. I mean if your payment is thirty five hundred, it's better than going 100000 hundred thousand overpriced. Thirty five hundred times three is a lot less than 100000
1: hundred thousand. Can we roll play that? Right? Can we play that? Yeah. You call I'm an agent, I'm yeah. not i got a listing, I do I do six sides a year. I'm kind of man. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh ring ring, hi, this is Jim. Hey Jim, Phil Puma, how's it going, man? It's good. What's going on, Phil? That house is unbelievable that you just put
2: on the market. I'm sure you're going to get swamped with calls, swamped with offers, right? Oh,
1: yes. we have already expecting six offers, Phil. Dang. So I want to make it super, super easy for you
2: and your buyers. I'm just all about simple and making it easy. So sellers. I just want to find out what's best for you and your buyers. Sellers. Oh, sellers. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sellers. What's best for you and your sellers? What are you guys look, What are you looking for?
1: Well, you know... There's some cash offers coming in, Phil. I just want to make sure you know that. Um, okay. uh, they, you know, they, they don't have to move, so they're not in a big hurry. Uh, and, but what's important to them is that, uh, um, that it closes and they get to rent back. They, they, they don't, they're not in a hurry to move. They've got to find a house, and they want to sell first.
2: Cool. I know there's a lot of people in that struggle, man. You're battling with that a lot, right? I'm yes. battling. Like they, they want to move. They don't have another house in the other end. How much time do you think would be best for me to give those guys to stay in the house?
1: Well, you know, it's a tough market. I think they're going to need at least two months, honestly. Two months. How about if I give them
2: three free rent? Would they be
1: psyched about that? Do you think your buyer buyer would use I'm
2: going to talk to them. I want to talk to you first, and then I'm going to go back to them. They said make it easy as possible. They want this house. They want this house so bad. Three months
1: would definitely help. Three months will help.
2: Cool. Um, And you said they really want someone that's all in. They want to make sure that deal is secure. Yes. So if we write you a pretty big check to your sellers, non-refundable, that they would literally... Keep that if they backed out. Huge number? That would be good? Yeah, like what are you talking about? I don't know, 50 number? grand?
1: Three months free and 50 yeah. grand? You'd probably slide to the top of the pile, Phil. i got to cool. be
2: honest with you. Awesome. We'll get that over to you, all right?
1: <laughs> so, you just,
2: just have a conversation. Have a conversation. But if you're not having that conversation, you don't know what to put on that, on that offer. Derek?
3: Just to chime in to our real estate buddies on the lending side. Conventional, you got that 60-day occupancy. S-
1: 60, thank you, sir. Yeah. So, you can do it on an addendum, wink, wink. <laughs> so
2: 60 days, all right? So there's always a the way around You, it you can always, you can can always renew something later, right? Jen.
4: Hey, so in our market, I'm hearing the realtors, I mean, on some houses, there's like 30, 50 offers. So what if, because I want to go to my agents and give them these bullet points that you're giving, and they I know what they're going to say. Oh, God, I can't get the listing agent to return my call. So, sure. like, what do you suggest for them to get through to the agent?
2: Yeah, I mean, so you try everything from calls, text, emails. If not, I leave a lot of things open-ended. I said, I will say your sellers can pick the closing date. Again, if we're flexible, if, if I know on my end my client is flexible, pick the closing date. And I'll even put the option out there. because I mean, who loves to rush out and move out on closing date? Raise your hand if you like to rush out one day get out, right? Who would like at least a week, two weeks, one month? Who would like a month after closing to move out, right? Just to have it for free? Put that in your mm-hmm. offer. If you can do two months, sixty days, just put it in there. They don't have to use it. Be like, we're allowing you to stay up to sixty days. You tell me how much time you need. So these are things you can just put in there and just mm-hmm. added bonuses. They might say, no, we don't need we don't need two months. Two. I'm giving you your money, cash out of your house, closing, and take your time from moving. This way you're not stressed with having to pack until you know for sure you're closing, you have your money, then you can start packing. So just put some of the stuff in there that you know would help, right?
4: So I guess I meant to, yes, that helps, is just how a buyer's agent can stand out when they can't get the listing agent to yes, call so, them back because Yes, so there's can so I so jump many. in real
1: quick? I think that 8 out of ten, 10 of them aren't calling and just telling you they are. You're hanging gotcha. out with the top, five, top half of 1% of realtors in the nation that make the calls. I don't think they call. I did a class on this, and I asked how many call, and it was like three raised their hand. Oh, we text. Right? So I started calling the agent myself when they were going to make an offer. He said, hey, we're getting ready to make an offer. Here's the agent's name. I said, hey, be available. If, I, if you see my phone number, pick up. I called the agent and said, hey, it's Jim Reed with some of funding, and uh, Chris Coons is going about to make an offer. I'm going to three-way call him in real quick. Hold on. I don't ask him if it's okay. Hey Chris, I got the buyer, the selling agent on the phone, so we can, you know, go ahead. So you're saying you help the realtor get the I facilitate on the, phone. the call, dude. You they go. don't make the that, call. That
2: is unbelievable, right there. So help them make the call. I mean, if not, I think they're just leaving a message. Call me back on this listing, all right? I mean, it could be. I um, always say, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring an offer that's going to make you look so good to your sellers, but I just got a couple quick questions for you. I want to make it the best. I want to make the best. Not for my clients. I want you to look so good. You're going to bring this offer and they're going to be amazed in this offer and they're going to refer you to 10 other people. So I just need you to call me back so you can close this and get more clients because you're going to sell this thing for so high over price and have every term so perfect for your seller but I just need to talk to you. Give me two seconds. I know you're busy. Two seconds. Again, like Jim said though, we, I mean, we hold a lot of weight in our market so the agents will call me back. Right? My team always answers the phone. My team always answers the phone. I know agents think they need to talk to me. My listing specialist knows more than me. Every text I get, it goes to him. He calls every one of the agents back. Because I call every agent back, someone on my team does, because I expect the same on the other end, right? So they might have to call someone else on the team. It might not be the actual listing agent.
1: So we got about, we got about 12 minutes left of general time, and then we're going to do Q&A, and I really want to hear what else Phil has to say. Does anybody else want to hear what Phil has to say? Thank you very much. I want you to get through these two other things so I can go back to my realtors, please.
2: So in in the um, presentation, again, the more information you get, it could be someone saying, hey, they want to leave a bunch of this furniture. They don't want to move the furniture with them. All right. If they're okay with keeping some of it, getting rid of it, if it's crap, like things to make it easier. So find out what's the best there. Um, You can put a timeline on your offer. All right. Timelines sometimes work, sometimes don't work. All right. We just got one done. We put their feet to their fire, and we said we needed an offer um, accepted by X amount. We went. It was a 550 house. We went 605. Literally said we need an answer in one hour. Wow, one hour. So that only works if you're super aggressive on the price and all. One hour, good. yeah. Got it. But they countered us at 620. You said yes. We went 610, and I got it. Nice. <laughs> and literally, we it would have went 650. It would have went six fifty. All right. Awesome. Vulnerable, vulnerable was well, On that one, it was thirty five thousand. We got it at
1: thirty five it's freaking me out. Thirty five thousand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing is though, because of my communication, I know they had to buy another house. We did get it. And again, communication throughout the process. They were under contract another house, the sellers, during the process. Because again, communication the whole time. There was a couple repairs. Appraisal didn't come in. I got them to come off fifteen thousand during the contract. I said, Hey, you know what? I mean, I just felt I was stronger. And I'm like, Jim, I know your seller's got this other house. My buyers want this house. But literally, because the appraisal came in so low, like they weren't expecting that, and these few repairs, you're gonna have to struggle with anyone else. You've got to disclose all these repairs. This appraisal's not gonna come in for anyone else. We will close it. All I need your people to do is come off 15 yep. grand. You got already so much overpriced.
1: Right? 15 grand. We will do the deal. So it feels really good at looking for something called leverage. Right? Hard to teach that. So how happy was my buyer? He
2: got the house before anyone else did. And during the, the time, we got him to come down. That doesn't happen every time, but if you're talking and asking questions and using that as leverage, you will, you will make your, yourself look phenomenal. Get a ton of referrals, right? So presenting your offer. Um, I'm going to touch on this real quick. I know we have in the notes and stuff a love letter. I know it's kind of a touchy subject. I'm not going to talk about it because it's one of those things that most markets are not talking about it. The other thing, I've had an agent tell me this. They said if an agent submits an offer and they have, even to the point where, and I know what I'm saying, if it says to email it to this email and they don't email it to that email and email it to the wrong email, how easy are they going to be to work with, Right. If, the, if you say the seller wants to keep XYZ and they don't put it in the offer, you need to be super detailed. Read that on my last sheet. There's details on there that will say where to send the offer, right? One agent told me, like, if the agent on the other end doesn't put my information on the sheet, an agent told me this, I will put the, I don't, I mean, if it's two competing offers, one's detailed and fills out the whole offer, super detailed, I will take that offer. So you have to be detailed. And I know so many of us are rushing out because you just want to put the offer in. You might have the I mean, wrong name, reversed address. Like, be detailed. Take a few extra minutes and have the offer right. Some agents are so particular. If you do one little thing like that, you're not going to get the offer. So be detailed on what they're saying, where to send it to, um, whatever it may be. Have it there. If they say, don't send, I mean, this, there are plenty of them that don't send a love letter. Don't send the love letter. It's not... It's going to p*** them off. It's not going to make them happy. Just don't send it. So, read the instructions and do exactly what they say. All right? And again, I always stress when I send an offer, I'm going to make it super easy for you. I'm going to make it super easy for your seller. It's just going to be as smooth as can be. All right? I'm always pushing that. All right? I always say, I want to make it as easy as I can for you. I know there's a lot of... And I always say, because I know there's agents out there. I know there's agents out there that like to fight, like to argue like to make everything difficult. That is not me.
1: What else? What else on the presentation? They got to make sure.
2: So just submitting it
1: there. Make sure you have the pre-approval.
2: Make sure even the pre-approval has to be detailed. Have the address. Have the down payment. Have all of that stuff on there, right? Have all that stuff on there.
1: So uh, let's do. I want to do a quick share again. So at your table, I want you to either something that Phil just gave you, right? Or something that you do you think is helping you get offers accepted in the market. And then I want to share a little bit of those to give you guys even more ideas. So so write down on a piece of paper, either something that Bill just taught you that you're going to for sure go back and use or something you're using that works really well so that you can share it with us and then write it down. And then as soon as you guys have it written down, go around and share it at your table. Try to be quick because I want to hear them out loud so I can write them down as well. Okay, go ahead. Everybody shared? Everybody ready?
3: All right. Let's ready come back. Run, Mike? We're getting
1: short on time. Let's go over here, Mike. Okay. Didn't is
3: something we've been offering for the last couple of years um, is my pre-approval promise, where we tell the sellers we back our pre-approvals with a $5,000 promise to them that says, if the deal falls apart because I did a bad job with the pre-approval, we'll write them a check for $5,000. To the and, buyer? To the, seller? to the sellers. Perfect. And we'll pay 1000 bucks for the Unbelievable. buyer's fees, too. Careful with that. So um,
1: yeah, so you guys are writing down ideas you like to go home and get your offers accepted. That's what you're doing. Whatever you hear you like, you're writing it down on your list of things you'll do. All right, keep going. In uh, our market, most listing agents aren't wanting to share too much information with the buyers. They just say, or buyers agents just, hey, highest and best, send us your best. So I call as a lender. And it's amazing how much information they'll tell me because I just keep asking questions because I'm not a real estate agent. And then I just take down a ton of notes, and I go straight back to the buyer's agent with it, and we collaborate and submit a better offer. Cool. Yeah, I think anything that you can do to show that you're attentive and going to make the, the listing agent's life easier will help you. You know, they're, we're all a little lazy. So if they're, <laughs> like, they can influence the seller a little bit. And if your offer is competitive and you're professional and every dot is, is, is done and T is crossed and the lender seems to be on it, it's an easier yes. We're just trying to make an easier yes. Just hit, Put a mic in anybody's hand. All right. Yeah. Love your idea, Jimmy, with a three-way call uh, with, with the buyer That's agent. Great. It, you know what it does? It makes the agents dependent on you, which I love. <laughs> They're like, oh, can we do that three-way call again? Yep. Just send me more leads and we can do it a lot. <laughs>
3: Um, we, we make sure that the um, seller's agent knows that our buyer's just beat down, that they've like already lost out on ten offers and that they're in a position where they're just completely submissive. Um, and so oh. if someone else is coming <laughs> to the market. We call
1: that the rollover close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just say, Hey
3: man, this guy he's lost out ten times, he lost you know, he's like so beat down, he's like crying to me, his wife desperately wants the house and we create that scenario. Cool. Nice. So we, we got one here. We've one. got
1: some in our market that have offered to pay the seller's closing cost. So the reverse yeah. of what is traditional. For sure. you got to pay, yeah, like, the basics are more than full price, 21 days or faster close, buyer pays every single closing cost, per diem for late. Those are the basics. If you guys aren't doing those, make sure you add all of those. $150 penalty per diem to the seller for every day you close late. Then you have the buyer pay it, and then if you're the lender, you offer to credit back to the buyer's side of the closing cost. If you're not doing that stuff, that's super basic. I, I really worked on like a 10 day, 15 day close. Honestly, I found it's not that attractive right now. I don't know why. It's bugging me. I worked on it, and then it's like, oh, oh, we don't really want to close in 15 days. I'm like, oh my gosh. She's just like, they're the prettiest girl in school, and everybody's asking them out. It's driving me nuts. Alright.
4: One of the things that we've put into practice is, can I present in person? Nobody does it.
1: No one does that. No. Yeah. So
4: can I sit in front of you and I have three first pages of, I'm in California. So the first page is where you put the
1: price and I'll have
4: three first pages in my bag.
1: Oh, that's good. Uh, have a merry go. Oh, that one didn't work. How about this one? <laughs>
4: How about this one? Yep. I like that. that one,
1: I like that part. That part. The, the that first one was just kind of eh, am, but that was really good. I like that a lot. So the one thing that bothered me earlier and I'll keep going in a minute, but the one thing that bothered me earlier that I wrote down is Phil said he does a. Professional consultation with his buyers in person. person. And no one said that was a good idea because everybody's scared. I'm telling you, that is a brilliant one. Go ahead. Uh,
5: we I've had a, a buyer's agent recently uh, say that this, the buyers said they would pay the seller's commission hmm. with the offer. And it, wow. it just was like, wow, that totally changed everything. Like, yeah,
1: and that puts less pressure on the what? Appraisal. That's right. On the appraisal, that puts less pressure on the visa. Wow, that's pretty crafty.
3: From the lender's perspective, is a checklist to of all these things you've just covered? Give that to your real estate agents. I've got like 12 things that, hey, make sure. As on a marketing e- piece. Yes. Every, do this every single time you're talking to a client.
1: Yes. You get, as a, as a, if you're a lender in the audience, you're not only trying to get your buyers into contract more often, but you're going to create a tool to go back and use, to to first of all, use it to, Make the, the agents who already use you love you even more. Do that first. And then they'll be more likely to refer you to other agents. Do that second. And then go cold call, 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 call a bunch of people you don't know. That's how you'll get the most traction out of things like this. Excellent idea.
0: Phil, you had mentioned you know, writing the contract with like a 10% non refundable, but what if your offer is lower than everybody else's? Do you ever add an escalation clause?
2: Yep, that's that's actually was one of the things I missed. Um, put an escalation escalation clause on there. Now, again, some realtors on the other end don't like it. So I always, when I'm in that conversation, would you be okay looking at an escalation clause? Some are not okay with it, so don't submit something they're not. But if I don't talk to them, don't get a hold of them. Some, and and if the buyer's okay with it, we will put escalation clauses. So in Phil,
1: uh, so what Phil's really good at is asking the client what they want and not trying to guess. So when you're calling the agents, well, and we'll keep sharing in a second, but when you're calling the listing agent, you're representing the buyer, give us a couple more of the questions that you ask the listing agent. So obviously one is, what was it, what do you need? Yep. And what's the most important to your sellers? That one would be something that you asked, right? Yep. And what, anything else that, that you make sure you cover? It's just the communication. I just keep talking to them, talk to them about the
2: market. It's almost like you got to build some rapport with the agent instead of just bombarding them and just talk about the struggles and then they just open up. You really just got to get them to open up and then just, Find out what's the
1: best. What do you like to see in an offer? What do yeah. you not like to see in an offer? Correct. What's going to bother your seller? Yeah. You know, uh, those, those letters that come out, you guys, you know, I think those are kind of silly. Oh, me too. Find yeah, something yeah, exactly. To do. Oh, my the gosh, best. I would never do that. Oh, my gosh, those guys are silly. That kind of stuff. I think he's just really good at the investigation of what the client wants, right? <laughs> what,
2: one other thing Jim and I were talking about here, too, is uh, and our um, loan section, We put together the LTV they're getting, if it's cash, if it's not cash. So I always ask my lender, and I'll say, "Hey Jimmy, what, you know, how much can they put down? What do they want to put down? What does their scenario look like?" So if Jimmy were to tell me, "Hey, they can put up to 50 percent down," we will put that on there. We can change during the time. All the seller cares about is it getting done. It doesn't say we can't change our loan term. So if now, don't do a number that they physically don't have. If Jimmy tells me they can put down 50 percent. I'm going to put that down there and say, hey, can you put the pre-approval right. letters 50? And then they changed their mind. Their financial planner told them to, to keep some of that money in the market and put down 80%. It happens all the time.
1: Just don't switch loan like loan type. No, no. Don't conventional switch. 50% down to VA no doubt. Yeah. Don't do that. Now, So
2: we have, we, we have had scenarios. Where we're talking about this, too. I mean, I've had buyers that are young buyers that said, will mom and dad be okay paying cash for this house? And then you getting a loan after. So pay cash. Mom and dad, family member, pay cash. We can try and get the loan done in time. But again, long as mom and dad are okay still stroking a check for that house, doing a loan after. Long as mom and dad are okay writing a check. They have to be okay to write a check for that house. And I've had a few of them. They were willing to do it. We got the loan done in time on some. Some we didn't. Mom and dad wrote the check. So if they have a cash option, family member, something to that regard. It's like a family member gifting the down payment. They're just gifting the house, figuring it out. More from the audience.
4: Um, I like when agents send videos of their offer. So it gives me an idea of their personality as well. And are we going to kind of mesh? So when they send a video along with their offer, that breaks everything down.
1: With the flat billed hat and the t shirt that's all ripped up?
4: That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the one you're not looking for, right? You're <laughs> looking for the guy in the
1: suit. Like if you're going to do that, you've got to have behind you, like pictures of your family, and you've got to be wearing your your blue suit and your tie, right? Brilliant. That's a really good one. So I like it.
4: So, I've, uh, can we go back to the escalation clause? A lot of my agents are struggling with how to write that. Can you can you tell me what that looks like?
2: Again, it's one of those documents. We don't have it in our forms document, but I've had an attorney draft one. So, it, ha- it can't be something that they create and it looks like anything. It has to be an attorney drafted addendum.
1: So, you would, in California, you would go to your broker to get help with that, and then other states, you would go to an attorney. attorney. Are you um, putting had, a hold on, are you going to yeah, so the question. Right. The
2: question was, are you putting a max on the escalation clause? Yes. So we'll go X amount over the highest price up to X amount.
1: I agree with someone else said that a lot of agents don't like escalation clauses. I, I've experienced that. Those, For, no, what they'll say is just, give us, get, give,
2: give, us, give us the number that's gonna be the yeah. highest under escalation. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because literally, I mean, and you don't have to
1: prove that anybody else was willing to go higher.
2: Yeah. So you, I mean, you actually can't prove well, you, it. You, you legally can't. You can't show them the offer. So literally you could counter back and say, hey, I'm not showing you. This is their counter and counter that escalation price. So when we're on the listing side. That's what we do. We just counter, counter it off, counter that
1: high. Yeah. It just puts you like talk about a rollover close. That's a total rollover.
3: Yes. One of the things that we, my team implemented uh, this year, just to get even our weekends back, as far as buyer prep goes, is we send out regular theme day pre-approval videos uh, on Wednesdays to our pre-approvals that are out there with a Calendly link for Friday, 15-minute segments that says, if you're going out, you're you're, you're looking to uh, make Whoa. some offers, call me at that point or set the appointment, and 15 minutes, will knock out that, that consult. So then that way, Phil, when you're showing a house, it's not okay, what are your numbers going to look like? I'll call the lender on Saturday or Sunday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We've already done it. Okay, you know? cool. So that's just um, helped a lot. The so awesome. realtors didn't really like it, but I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Uh, next, Mike.
1: Oh,
4: um, I, I was just going to add one thing on the lender, <coughs> Ooh, lender side. It. Sorry. It's like <coughs> um, is when I'm talking to the clients up front, I'm looking at where they're buying and the estimated appreciation that will happen over the next year and tell them they're probably going to have to bite into that appreciation by a year or two to get them comfortable with paying more, but then also showing them the numbers of what that looks like. Just so kind of prep them better for the agent.
1: Nice. So you oh. prove it to them so they're ready, so they get to, they can shake off the worries. Nice. A couple more, and then I want to hear what Phil does for follow-up. Do you guys want to hear what the Phil does for follow-up? Okay, a couple more, and then we're going to do that.
5: I was just going to say, if you guys are not using Mortgage Coach to show what um, what it looks like when they don't appraise ahead of time, that is a game-changer, especially if they're putting 10% or more. they Literally, their payment would potentially go up. Twenty-five dollars, right? If they if they're appraised five percent less than the price, or than the contract price, the their payment literally only they don't have to bring any more money to closing, and their payment goes up twenty-five bucks because they've gone from ninety to ninety-five. percent If you're a lender
1: and you're not doing that, it's it's it really does help them get out there and make make offers because you know they're 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 putting twenty percent down and then the agent asks them, "Are you able to come up with the difference in cash of the appraised value?" And they're like, "Oh my gosh, twenty percent down plus how much?" Well, it could be another 50 to 100 grand. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, So his, that, that's an excellent way to keep them moving forward and, and reduce the fear. Alright, so I want to, uh, if it's, we've got one more, we're good. Okay, we're good. So Phil, yeah. so, so talk to us about follow-up yeah. and then we'll take maybe Perfect. a couple questions. We've got about seven minutes. Perfect.
2: Um, so on the follow-up, again, it's, it's communication and following up expectation. I always ask the agent, if it's highest and best by five o'clock and we have them all in, I always ask, when do we expect to hear? Because when it's highest and best at five, when do you think the buyer expects to hear? 501, right? So again, I want to communicate because if not, it's, you're going to get the buyer's call at 501. Did they take it? Did they take it yet? Did they get it yet? So again, if you can, and again, you sometimes can't get that expectation, but if not, I will give it extra time. Like all are submitted. They're probably going to have 20 or 30. That's going to take some time for that seller to go through all of those. So we might not hear until later that evening. It could be the next day. Right. So again, I'm just asking the question to the agent of when we expect to hear back. On all of mine, I will say highest and best by this time. You will hear back by this time. It's there. So, so that's so again, I'm, I'm alleviating calls on the selling side, but on the buying side, you got to find out when that is. Because if not, again, taking it's giving more time in your day if you find that out when you're going to expect to hear. Now, if you don't hear, then we're following up, I'm not bugging the selling agent, I mean, like crazy, because obviously, as we know, it's not fun to be on the other end when you got 20 or 30 people calling you and they already have their offer in, right? So, we're putting it all together, um, getting it all submitted to the seller on the other end, but on the buy side, just find out when that time is, right? And if you don't get it, like I said earlier, find out why you didn't get it. Use that example. Use examples of houses you didn't get and what got those houses, what prices, what deposits, What, you know, whatever was in that offer. And on the other end, when you get a house, use that story too. So you have to use examples that you've gathered in the follow-up. If you got the house, if you didn't get the house, use those examples in your consultation, right? When you're writing an offer with that next buyer. So that's to me on the follow-up is, again, just asking questions and setting this, the correct expectations and following back up on those.
1: For me, any pre-approval letter that we send out, we put it in the calendar two days later to call the listing agent and the buyer's agent just to follow up, right? So I need to make my realtors feel like I'm helping them sell more houses and I'm helping them follow up. I, I know lenders are not
2: doing that because you guys are probably sending out so many of them, right? You don't know if they, you're just waiting for them to call back and say they got the house or not. You're expecting most to not get the house, right? If you're submitting pre-approvals, they're missing out on so many houses, right? Am I right? So I think that is huge. I mean, if I was a lender, I'd write that down. Follow it's back funny. up, right? How many? I mean, right? If, I mean, you're yeah, probably yeah. Because I'm out.
1: like, hey, what do you think happened? What What do I need to do to the? Well, well man, you know, it's ten. It's only three percent down. Like, okay, I'll call the borrowers and see if we can get a gift. I mean, maybe now they're willing to get a gift. I asked them during the consultation, "Do you want to get a gift?" Oh no. <laughs> now it's like, oh, three houses. Mama's crying. Yeah, grab, Papa's <laughs> giving a gift. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, grandpapa.
4: Hey, Jim, I have a tactic for that. Please share it with me. Um, So what my team does is every time we get a request for another letter, we have a hot list that's orange, and we go through it every day in the team meeting so we don't lose sight of the listing agent offers out. And while we're in the meeting, we're texting, like we're immediately sending texts to follow up with those agents. Um, and they like they must think we have no deals to work on because we're constantly texting. Did they get the offer? Do I need to do this? You know, and I copy a text video to the buyer's agent and the listing agent for every offer. So that's how we keep track and don't lose sight and muck up our calendar. It's
1: Professional with... to follow up. Yeah, it's professional. How many lenders do you think call two days later on every pre-approval letter? Not very many. So even if it doesn't help you sell, get more deals accepted, what will it help you do? Meet more realtors. My agent, my loan officer calls me every time they make an offer two days later, and, the, and they're saying it at the coffee shop, and they're like, what? Who's that? It's Jimmy Reed. <laughs> and then you get more business by being more and more professional. You get business from these systems that you never thought you'd get it from just by making your, your, your experience bigger and greater and more predictable and more consistent. That's the game we're playing. Someone had their hand up. I thought. Yep. We'll repeat the question if you want to just okay. say
3: it. Um, I want to go back to that. I need an answer in one hour. Do you get any pushback from the listing agent when you
4: like, say that? You use it all the time. You only use it.
2: Yeah. So that was the question was um, the timeline pushing an hour. Um, so sometimes we get pushback, and I say, Hey, how much time do they need? How much? I mean, like, they really need to find a house. Same as Jamie said earlier. They've lost that ten, Like, they love this house. They are all in. They are not backing out. They want, they'll give you whatever it is. They're going to make it super easy. I'm sure your, your client does not want to be out of their house all day Saturday, all day Sunday. It's Friday. They can enjoy their weekend. I'm just trying to get them to enjoy their weekend, get their number, get it done with a definite deal. How much time do you need? I'll just, you know, have a communication. And there's still sometimes that they're like, we're not going to have an answer. And I still just push them like, just present it. Let me know the seller's response. So and then that's, only- when we, that's, when, that's when we got the counter to the 620. That's like, They'll give you an answer, and it's 620, and then we countered back and forth. But again, just communication. Um, and then I tell the, the buyer, if they do not give us an answer, do you want to keep it open through the weekend? And most will still keep it open. So, But try everything. If it doesn't work, then obviously you got to Yeah, but gotta, Phil, out of I'll, your
1: last 20 offers, out of your last personal 20 offers, how many did you do the one-hour callback? Um, we did them, probably half of them. Wow, that's a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He's not aggressive. one. Of, wait, wait, it depends on the time and when it is and when they saw it. Yeah, but half of it. Yeah, but in the coming soon, the, the site unseen, you gotta make it quick because you're gonna do it before they
1: hit the market. Yeah. yeah, it
2: has to be expired before they hit the market.
1: Now listen, we gotta wrap up. I'm sorry, we got one minute. So I need you to do your little QR code. Now, Phil and I happen to be two of the most competitive people you've ever met. Yes. And JJ did the same class yesterday. John Bye. So here's my question. If you learn something you never thought about using to get more offers accepted, we would like a five. We Does need that sound to, we, fair? we need to beat those
3: guys. So you help us beat us. Them. Them. Right.
0: You've been listening to the Core Sales Training Bootcamp. Registration information about our two day business building summits, call 1 800 660 6670 or find us on the web at www.macortraining.com.